0: Max, what's popping? The pads are popping, dude. They put them on today in fall camp at Florida State University. Our 100-yard indoor practice facility was electric with the sounds, the sights, and the smells of fall practice. And I'm ready to
1: talk about it. And so are we and folks. Thank you guys so much for making Lockdown Seminoles your first listen each and every single day. But with that being said, let's go on with the show. <laughs> You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Drake, here, and today I got Mr. Maximus Mudicus, a.k.a. Max Moody, a.k.a. Best Girl Dad that I know in the house tonight. Max, how's it hanging, my guy?
0: You're going to make me blush, bud. It's hanging good, man. It's hanging good. It's 844 here on a Tuesday night. Um, I actually did a lot at work today, but that's not what the folks came to hear about. They want to hear about football. So, dude, kick us off. What are you hearing? What do you know? What do you say? What's going on with the Knolls?
1: Well, we are turning up on a Tuesday, and as we all, you said in the intro, fall camp has hit, and fall camp also is fully padded. Folks, typically we didn't go too deep into fall camp when it was just shells because typically players are a little faster. Your offense would be a lot easier to play with, you know, basically without the pads. And then pads came on today. And boy, the offensive line had a very decent day today. Also, you look at Jared Verse, you know, basically he you can kind of see with hit the pads on that is a very, very large human being. But overall, also we hear that the QBs are performing well. One Mr. Tate Rodemaker, I just saw him uh, no, making the timeline no, actually round. No, no, we're not doing that. You're not doing that again.
0: <laughs> no more Tate Rod. No Tate Rodemaker this year, dude. We we do this every year. And I look, I love Tate sort of. I mean, I don't. I I can't dislike someone I don't really know. But the, the thing is, man, it's like we, every year, it's like, oh, is this gonna be Tate Rodemaker's year? It's like it's the same thing with, that we've said with Mike Norvell, man. It's a, just show me or just stop talking about it because, it, it, you know what I mean? Like we've gotten to the point where it's like. Yeah, we heard this two years ago that he, you know, well, out of the two four stars, he's actually looking pretty good. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, okay, we didn't see him on the field. And then the next year, it's like, oh, you know, he actually could push for starting reps this year. James Blackman's not, uh, or I guess was Black Blackman was gone by that point, right? I believe so, yes. I forget the saga of James Blackman, right? He he wasn't here in, in 2021. Wait. Hey, what you know, what happened in the Jacksonville State game? The first one was the first was Blackman one you know, you know, still here.
1: You no, know, Blackman was here, but Tate Rodemaker started the and game. And Tate started, yes, right.
0: So Tate, that's right, because Tate got here in 2020. Yeah. Okay, so then Tate starts in 2020 as a freshman, throws what back to throws a pick six on his first throw, I think, or second throw, right? Second throw. And he goes out there, throws another interception, and then they're like, "All right, fine, we'll try Jordan Travis." I, I think I, I've blocked a lot of this out. Um, and then last year, you know, it's like, well, maybe he could compete and we saw the same stuff on the field. Like with Tate, I guess now we're doing a whole segment on Tate Roderick on it just
1: because no, we, we're talking we, about, how we don't won't, want we won't, we won't, we'll um, talk about quarterbacks in general
0: because mainly like, I think go ahead. you just see flashes with him, right? You see the Miami game two years ago when we were getting killed and he came in and, you know, he made some decent throws and, um, you see the, the play in the spring game that was probably a sack. They blew it dead, but when he did let go of the ball and the ball was caught for a touchdown across the middle, that was a, a pretty nice throw. He hung in there under pressure. Um, but until he teaches or until he shows me that he has learned how not to just stare at his primary receiver, lock in on him, and throw interceptions to the flat, I, I don't really have any interest in entertaining the the conversation. of Like, where's Tate going to be this year?
1: Well, are you going to entertain the comments by Mike Norvell today? He's basically saying that A.J. Duffy is actually probably one of the more quickest learners as a freshman QB coming in. He actually has very high hopes for him. Does that give you any uh, reason for optimism that he he might actually be someone that we can actually... Because right now, we have no school QBs committed. And we probably most likely will be going for the transfer portal route. And you and I both are kind of the same agreement where we don't think Jordan Travis will actually will be at FSU playing football next year. Does that actually give you more... Kind of said this early on a fall camp that AJ Duffy actually will be a solid answer for 2023.
0: Yeah, look, I, I've I've kind of alluded to this, but the more I think about it, um he better be right. Like, why did you be. bring he him in if he's not going to start here? That's that's the way I look at it. You you bring kids in to play football. You don't. We know that kids come in as projects. We know that every kid is not going to start during their time at Florida State, but. With a quarterback, why bring him onto the roster if you don't think, hey, he could play football at this school one day? Now, there may be levels to it, right? You may say, well, I'm bringing in two, like we've talked about, and I think that's going to be my main guy. But the other guy you bring in, you still think he could start for me. Like, I use Sean McGuire as an example. Sean McGuire was brought in as a depth piece. Everyone knows that. But Jimbo never hesitated, like, you know, to, to play him when he needed to as the backup, right, against, like, uh uh, who was it against Clemson when Jameis was suspended, you know, or going into the next year, he brought in Everett Golson, but he still let Sean compete and he ended up putting Sean out there. And yeah, you just, you think these kids could start. So yeah, I expect him to be like of a caliber where one day AJ Duffy could be the starting quarterback. Does it make me feel amazing about going into next year? Well, not, not, a, not amazing, like, but it more makes comfortable. feel better.
1: It's yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean I think that's what more actually what we're hoping at is because LeBron we'll Purdy he gets hurt during the scrimmage and you know, breaks the collarbone and then probably only sees the field what once? Like two more times and once against Louisville. Sorry, also against NC State, where we had the Tay Rodemaker, Toba so Purdy like go back and forth, and then once once last year against UMass. I, I think it's just really nice to see that actually that one, I think Mike has learned his lesson when it comes to lot, you know, live QBs, you know, during during a scrimmage, which hopefully we have to see Duffy doing that. But it's also it's we have given Michael a lot of flack for his, I would probably say, the mismanagement of the QB room as a whole, whether it be high school QBs, decision-making. I mean, I think we were on here, sure that we didn't publish, but when we were kind of doing practicing before we started the podcast, that why would you start James Blackman after you saw the Arizona State game? But now it feels like he finally kind of has someone, actually with the solid proof of concept, in A.J. Duffy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, we'll see. I mean, look, it was one day. All right. People have good days. Um, people have bad days. But the the most important thing is that sports progression is not linear as much as it feels like it should be. You don't just get better every day. Right. It's more like this. There's peaks. There's valleys. Um, obviously, as you all know, I, I didn't play D1 quarterback, but I, I can tell you from uh, a golf perspective and, and from how that improvement goes, like you don't walk out there and, and shoot you know, an 88, then an 84, and then an 81, and then a 76, and then you never go over 80 again, right? You shoot like a bunch of 82, 83s, and then one day you go super low down to a 74, 73, and then you can't break 80 again for two weeks. It's just, it's that's how sports work. So one great day, first day with pads, it's encouraging to hear, but I'm not going to over-index on it.
1: I never, you don't know, over-index on it, but Jordan Travis also did perform decently well. I think he got off to a little more of a slower start today, actually at practice. But you saw actually the compatibility with someone as we talked about, I think yesterday with Johnny Wilson, which I actually have a high, high hopes for him as an as a weapon in this offense this coming year. But folks, we were missed here at Locked On Seminoles. Even talk about friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all your latest sports action. And today's line of the day is one personal to Max's heart. For those of you that are not are new here. Welcome, please like, share, and subscribe to the video. But also, Max's probably idol, or mentor, if you will, is one Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach over at Northwestern. <laughs> Week zero, Northwestern is a 13-point underdog to Nebraska. Max, what should the people take here on August 27th, the same day? Actually, I think it's, the, it's before the Duquesne game, so what should, they, what should the uh, audience take here, actually, to hopefully get some uh, money in their wallets? This game's in Ireland, right? Uh, I think so. Maybe let me double check. Go ahead. Yeah, this game's in
0: Ireland. Like, it, what's what's the name? What's the name of the Cornhuskers coach? Scott Frost. Now you're not going to bet against a guy named Patty Fitz from freaking Chicago over in Dublin, Ireland. Are you high? There's two things you don't bet against: one, the U.S. and World Wars; two, people named Patty Fitz from cities like Chicago when they are in a competition of manhood or you know womanhood of just general toughness over in the native country of Ireland. Like that come on man. It's like you can give me
1: any odds on that. I'm putting it on the money line, dude. That's that's a freaking layup. So folks, for Max's Lock for Week 0, it is Northwestern plus 13 and also not only a money line sprinkle but a money line dump. And Head over to betonline.net today. Use promo code locked on that's L O C K E D O N to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Benline where the game starts go patty Fitz.
0: they are actually playing in, in a, a uh, yeah yeah that's that's awesome man it's sponsored by Aer Lingus, which is the irish airline uh Lingus. it's called air yes it's called Aer Lingus. Mm, that's nice. that's what they've named their national airline and they've they've stuck with it um it looks like a great pitch out there hopefully the grass i, I think they figured out now like hey if you're going to have american football over you can't um uh what you know they the what was the problem the first time we tried to do that a few times the grass over there's longer and slicker so the ball rolls on it was in soccer uh the good news about ireland is they play a lot of um a lot of sports similar to american football right it's it's Mm -hmm. not like england where it's just football it's association football right and rugby rugby football uh in ireland they've got hurling they've got um gaelic football they've uh, I think there's Hurley one other, actually, actually. Yeah, there's one other game they play on grass, so that their groundskeepers know how to make grass suitable for the the type of play that you see in American football. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I mean, come on, dude, you can't like they're a double home team. Pat Fitzgerald plus Chicago is like the number one Irish city in the world outside of Ireland. So come on.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep this in here. Actually, out of the conversation, but we'll go from the pitch back to the gridiron. See what I did there? But we heard about basically one player in particular. In spring, that was performing extremely well, and we heard, you know, the comparisons is way too early, but you hear the Jalen Ramsey, you know, the length, the tenacity, the kind of dog in him. Azaria Thomas is still continuing to be probably one of your better defensive backs. Max, do you think he could potentially actually start at corner earlier in the season than we predicted?
0: I don't see why not. I mean, he's already got the size. What is he? Six one, six two. Listed at about one hundred and ninety five pounds. I think um, he's incredibly long. He he's very prototypical of the modern cornerback. He's got long arms. He's rangy. He's quick. He's also really, really smart. I watched his interview today again. I haven't gotten down to practice yet. Hoping to get there a week after next. But he uh, he he's just he's just really really smart you can tell he understands the game um you know everything is very polished almost like you wouldn't think it's an interview of an 18 year old kid everything's very yes sir this that the other he also is able to I think some kids you know when they're over coached on interviews they just tend to say absolutely nothing and he does give moderately insightful answers while you can tell he's still being cognizant of what's coming out
1: of his mouth um and again, look,
0: we put these kids on a pedestal. Oh, so go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, was,
1: was going to say like briefly, like, I noticed that with Fabian Lovett at ACC media days it was kind of the same thing. You can tell that he definitely like there's, there's, there's meaning and purpose behind every single one of his answers.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know. I just I think he gives a good interview. Um, you can tell there's a lot of thought to the game. So his brother, I think, played linebacker at Georgia Tech or uh, running back. I, like
1: I think it was defensive back actually still, too. Was it? it okay. Was but yeah, Thomas, I think, right?
0: Yeah, so I knew about that one. He said in the interview he had another one. So he had he's had two brothers play college football. So he's like he has mentors here coaching him up on how to do this. So you can tell he's he you can tell he was here for the spring. I mean, that I can't quantify how much that has to help, right? Like think about when y'all were in high school going from freshman year to sophomore year, just the confidence you had walking into your sport of choices, practice, not being the youngest folks there. I mean, heck, just knowing where the water fountains were, right? Like that gives you another level of, I know what's going on. So you can tell he's got that comfortability. And I think we've heard what he's got three pick sixes so far in, uh, in the span of five practices. Yeah. So I, think I had two yesterday great.
1: actually too, which is phenomenal. It's something that you really want to hear. And just the, when he first committed here, I was one of the first people to say that I think that he definitely will be the better defensive back out of himself than Sam McCall. I still think highly of Sam McCall. I think Sam McCall will be a really good player. But this kind of shows where I think the staff, Norvell, and in general did a really, really solid job by picking up a, basically a player who Billy Napier, when coming to Florida, basically kind of had missed his evaluation. And now we're bringing in Azary Thomas, who you discussed it. You know, when he first committed, he's a very athletic player. But we were going to be able to yeah. see whether or not he was able to translate that lesson to be basically playing pure defensive back, because if I remember correctly, he played wide receiver and defensive back in high school. So I'm actually very excited to see actually him make that full transition. The thought of pairing him with Amarion Cooper, who is going to be a dog, and Kevin Knowles in the slot too, and then we also have Renardo Green, who's finally fully healthy and playing very well. That's very tantalizing for a defensive backfield that basically has been very decent, but now it's hopefully be able to fulfill the uh, defense, DBU kind of mantra we have here.
0: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I like that he's not playing receiver. Um, I think it'd be tempting to throw him out there, but I think for the way this his development projects long term, you want a guy like that in your secondary. And um, I think the fact all of his reps are coming in the defensive backfield, I don't know if that speaks to the confidence of Norvell and Co. with. The receiver room or if that's just his skill set really isn't aligned to a college db skill or a wide receiver skill set but yeah i mean one man's trash is another man's treasure we got we got lucky with him the, the reality is we did. We did. he should be at oklahoma or florida they both turned over their coaching staffs one because of a firing one because of a willing departure but either way hey um i'm really happy he's here i think mccall we don't hear as much about, but I think folks should probably not panic too much because McCall is more of the standard, what you expect from freshman uh, DBs, what Thomas is doing right now, isn't normal. It's not, um, it's just not what you expect out of a kid stepping onto campus. And again, I think it goes back to, he's got brothers that have done this. He was basically coached by them on what to expect, how to conduct yourself in a college program, which I have to imagine is a huge advantage. Um, and he's just an athletic
1: mutant. So yeah. I mean, our basically our we can basically call our defensive backfield. I mean, you look at I was saying, you know, Sam McCall, as you just said Renardo Green, Jamie Robinson, uh, Zaria Thomas. We basically have like the Avengers back there. I mean, it's kinda like I know it's fall camp and I was like, no, it's elite live season, but I feel this is the one sort of thing that actually we can like I'm extremely pumped. I don't think I've been this excited about the defensive backfield as a whole since what, twenty fourteen?
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough, it's a tough Tough spot to gauge because people underestimate how many good defensive backs you need to have a productive defensive backfield. And it's not something that three guys can do for you, right? You in the modern day college football era have to have five to seven guys that can play at a very high level and they will set your floor. Whatever your best five to seven, let's call it six for sake of argument, are... That's going to set your floor because that's your quarters package, right? Like, that's what three down linemen. You're running like a three three. F- so, what did I say? Six. we We'll call it f- now. we'll call it six because you need someone that can back them up if yeah. you're in a, like a three three five stack. Um, you know, or if I guess you're on a three two six, either one, you need five or six guys to set the floor of the room right now. So, we know that uh, Iggy Thomas is playing really well. Again, is it going to be consistent though? Like, right now, he's going up against a receiver room that unfortunately isn't the most gifted receiver room that you can have yeah um you know i was i spoke to someone who who spoke to someone that really knows this stuff and um they were like yeah the receiver rooms that's still coming along don't don't count your chickens before it hatches on that one but we we already knew that especially if you listen to this program um you've got a couple guys coming back from last year that you mentioned uh you got guys like sydney williams who you wonder okay. Is this going to be the year where he really turns the corner, or is he going to just be kind of that come down near the ball, hard thumping safety that is a bit of a liability in coverage, like we saw in that Jacksonville State game? Uh, is, is Duke Cooper going to take the step forward that we need him to take? Because here's the thing, Drake. Last year, he was really good for a freshman. Go watch the Miami game. Into the game, three of the last four plays were thrown at him, and he defended all three of them. But there's a difference between really good for a freshman. And then when you're a sophomore, and now you just have to be really good or bad. All the time. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we'll we'll see if there's enough bodies in that room to elevate the floor to where it needs to be for us to say, like, this is an elite room. But I agree with you. I'm I'm as excited as I've been about individual names on the roster since probably 2015.
1: And that's why it was so important that we picked up Malik Feaster, the uh, defensive back transfer from Jacksonville State the other day. I mean, he had 38 starts at Jacksonville State. So you already know that the resume is there. The practices are there. I'll on the FCS level. But unfortunately, he also does have experience in beating an FBS team, and also okay, taking yeah. t- taking them in the wire several times. All right, Max. Towards the end of today's episode, I feel that basically there was one player in particular you were very fond of, mainly not mainly because of basically his background when he actually entered FSU, but also his development from a very raw prospect to now where we actually see him today. DJ Lundy is actually continuing to play extremely well. Like DJ Lundy has gone from basically someone who wrestled in high school. Didn't you can tell in his first year, freshman year, that he didn't know where to go when it comes to gap filling? You had a really good series about that. And then now he's actually fine to be probably your third best linebacker. What do you mm-hmm. make of
0: that? Is it bad that to me, DJ uh, Lundy is kind of in Tate Rodemaker camp? Or it's,
1: oh, no, no, no. You're giving up on him already? We got to see.
0: I don't know. Uh, Look,
1: come uh, on, man. Give, give me a boy some blood. He's you, lost been... like
0: 20 pounds. I mean, that's exciting stuff. He's he's a big body Um but I don't know what he offers you that other guys don't, and here's here's what I mean, right? You've got your Tatum Bethune at six foot um, one, two hundred and thirty pounds, right? So he's basically the same size as DJ Lundy, uh, even though Lundy's lost again about twenty pounds. So you've got to got that role filled, and in the defensive scheme that this team runs, that Adam Fuller wants to run, it does it does highlight and rely a lot more on fast linebackers that can sort of do it all right we'll have some of that in the safety position like we saw with Hamza when he was here in 2020 but we need more of the guys like the brennan Gantz um and like what we've been hoping amari gainer is going to become to emerge and i just don't know where where DJ Lundy fits in on this roster. Like if Tatum Bethune who had groin surgery in the spring goes down, is he a, is he a serviceable reserve? I hope so. But I can tell you, I will be a bit concerned if the season starts and we go out there against Duquesne and DJ Lundy is trotting out there to start the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, the issue, the issue I know with Tatum Bethune with the groin, I uh, had a good friend of mine who actually played. Oh, you good? You good? Are you good over there? You good over I there?
0: Was, I, I, I bumped a cord.
1: You, bumped, you I, I, I mean, nice catch. I mean, hopefully, he can wide receivers to catch the ball like that too. But with the with the groin injury, I had a friend of mine who played football in high school. He actually was teammate with Kane Shaw. And basically, he I say he pulled his groin. I want to say towards the end of his junior season, he t- did it again. His senior season, and did it again when we played ultimate frisbee intramurals. So with the groin injury, I don't suspect or I don't expect Tatum Bethune to fully actually commit. Not fully commit be fully 100% ready or be actually be able to go be a full go till maybe four to five games because with a groin it takes a lot out of you and it's basically one of your most important parts of your body especially with with a sport like football so that would be a little more concerning for me personally so and if he does go down i don't have faith in amara gainer to be your number two linebacker with dj lundy no you got to hope I it's Steve so. Dix,
0: i think You have to hope that this is when Steven Dix comes alive. Yeah, I I mean, he, to me, is the one that's got to bridge the gap. And I think Amari has gotten better every year. I really am not counting him out. I I think that he can still be a pretty serviceable piece for you. Now, look, is Amari Gaynor the type of linebacker that you want to have on a national championship football team? Probably not. But guess what? As we've said all over Twitter... You're not, you're not winning national championships this year anyway. What we need are guys that can help us win the football games that are on our schedule. The beauty is when you suck, you don't get invited to things like college football playoffs or BCS Bowls, right? Like, we're not going to play Ohio State. We're not going to play Oregon. We're not going to go out there and have to play Alabama and those folks. Like, we're going to play the teams that we have to line up against, which, sorry to tell you, but— are a bunch of average teams in the national landscape because you're in the Atlantic coast conference in our out of conference draw is an LSU team that despite having like 20 NFL players on the roster last year could barely scrape together six wins. So if that's the standard and that's what we're going for, then yeah, I think that Amari Gaynor is probably a pretty decent piece to help you accomplish that goal. And, I think the bridge between him and the kind of second tier in DJ Lundy is Steven Dix. He's the connector there, and it's just which way is he going to go? Is he going to jump up into that tier of, like, he can be a serviceable starter to accomplish what we need to accomplish this year? Or is this the year where we go, eh, not all four stars work out once they get to your campus, and we're glad we landed him in class, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that... And your, like you're saying... I mean, correct. I think the best... I, basically... If Amari Gainer starts, not the worst thing in the world, but I think it's just more that he has shown that he, he did improve in coverage last year, but he definitely has seen more as basically targeted for coverage. DJ Lundy, you kind of seem to get it set forward with that. I'm the same way. With Steven Dix, I mean, we haven't heard much from him even in spring or even in fall, so I don't know exactly where he kind of falls in the pecking order when it comes to basically the depth chart. So basically for a, a position group that I actually have a lot of high hopes for, I think it is going to basically boil down to, as it always does with this team, how healthy the position group is. We did that last year with the offensive line. We've done that for the past three seasons with Jordan Travis. And now we finally seemingly have the pieces for the linebacking room. We just now hopefully, hopefully they can stay fully healthy and coming into 2023, 2022.
0: Yeah, and the beauty of this linebacking core is that you have a defensive back-heavy scheme. So you don't need, unlike what I said about the defensive backs, you don't need like seven great linebackers. You just need kind of three, right? You need Mm -hmm. a good Fox, which again we're kind of hoping Amari Gainer can be um you need your decent coverage guy right and and that's what you have in Kalen DeLoach that you saw emerge last year and you need that guy that can be the run stopper that can hold down sort of the middle of the field that can come down to the line if he needs to and again we're really hopeful that that's Tatum Bethune and if it's not if he gets hurt if he takes a few weeks to get back into the swing of things hopefully it's Steven Dix or DJ Lundy and uh Yeah, yeah, we're just, we're going to have to see, man. But the linebackers, I'm, I'm, everything I said about the TVs and feeling good about names on that roster, I I don't, I don't know if I feel the opposite for linebackers, but I certainly feel closer to the opposite than I do to feeling.
1: But you feel better than last year, though, right? I mean, I can't feel worse than last year. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude, did you watch our linebackers play? (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, like, it wasn't just last year. I mean, it was the year before, but I mean, I, kind of, I do agree with that over there with the linebacking core. I mean, like, it's it's exciting. We have Ken Deloach, we have Amara Gainer, we have Tam Bethune, and, folks, we have each and every single one of you to thank for actually allowing us to do this show each and every single day, five days a week now. Max, tell the folks at home what to do on the podcast level and also how to hit us up on YouTube.
0: What to do on the podcast level is remember to turn your lights on, folks. Apparently, I didn't do that, so sorry that you've been staring at me in darkness this whole time. But if you made it through, regardless, there it is. Oh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast channel here on YouTube or that you follow us in whatever medium through which you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, Google Pods, all that good stuff. And make sure that you like the individual video. Leave comments, leave five-star reviews. Tell us all the all the things. And, and find us on Twitter, at Knowles Anonymous. Collectively, I'm Max Moody, 17. He is Tally underscore, underscore Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles.
1: Take care everybody and we'll see y'all tomorrow.
0: So much better with the lights on. Yeah. You're so I do my best.